This is a CJSR podcast. Volunteer powered. Listener supported. Campus and community. Radio. Podcast. Podcast. Radio. Radio and and podcast. podcast. (laughs) Uh, So that's what I don't want to specifically answer those kind of questions. And besides, I don't want to get in trouble in in the next family dinner. So there you go. I wouldn't want to be that person to just sell off the land because I made a terrible decisions in my life. It's something that, uh, you know, it's non-negotiable for me to just, you know, I wouldn't want to be a disappointment. <laughs> yeah. Hey Ryan, hey Ariane, hi Nikki, hi Raja, and hi Julia. What's the Chismis? What's the Chismis is a show about Philip Connect's identity in Edmonton. My name is Mika Leonida, and land inheritance has been a topic of conversation in my family recently. As someone who was born and raised in Edmonton, I didn't fully understand the big deal when it came to my family's lupa, or ancestral lands. Like many people, I thought, oh cool, my parents own farmland in the Philippines. Easy and simple. However, as my parents are getting older, they're looking to hand down this land to someone. I'm the eldest daughter in our family, by the way. And I don't want it. I wouldn't know what to do with it. I'd honestly probably sell it. And so when I told my parents this, they got so mad when I toyed with the idea of selling our family's land. So I decided to ask my friends and get their opinions on this topic. Some were more willing to share their thoughts while others stayed clear of the chismis. So let's unpack the sourness that is Bamana. My first guest is DJ Lubugen. DJ immigrated to Canada when he was younger, and this is what he had to say on the topic of land inheritance. Um, and so starting off really generally, DJ, let us know what does land inheritance mean? Land inheritance, I guess, straight off the dictionaries, like, you know, the land you're inheriting from I guess your immediate family or someone who assigned it to you like on their will. I guess in in more, I guess, cultural sense, like land inheritance is very important. It's like an important aspect of Filipino culture, especially back home since, you know, uh, land is a very uh, precious commodity considering uh, Philippines is a um, a smaller, I guess, um, land size uh, than, of course, Canada. So obviously, there's limited land space, uh, limited um, <clears throat> land to do some agriculture, you know, activities. So for and considering that there's a lot of Filipinos, uh, and the population-wise, there's a lot of more than 100 million. Obviously, land is a very precious to them. It's not just you know about where they live, where they where their house stands on. But it's more like, uh, I guess, if hard work and um, dedication is put into like a picture or like, you know, like a, a real world example of those words, it we land in land in inheritance. And that's, I guess, what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I think that was a really great explanation. And there's so many more things to unpack there, but I think that is a great start. Um, I specifically liked the fact that you mentioned 
that land is hard work or like symbolically it's hard work. Um, for listeners who might not know what that, you know, means fully, um, could you expand on that thought? Land is hard work and hard work is land. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess going, I, I'll take a historical aspect to this. Um, even way before the Spaniards arrived in the Philippines, um, Filipinos are known to be you know, agricultural workers. That's, uh, that's the, um, the, the, those are the Filipinos' main livelihood. And um, the, the Spaniards, when they arrived, documented this uh, on their records, like the priests and you know, even those explorers who arrived, like Filipinos love to do, um, like, you know, um, cultivating their own land. And it's well documented that um, Filipinos are dedicating a lot, most of their days and nights. Obviously, like, you know, there's no concept of weeknights, weekdays and weekends back then. But, you know, uh, for Filipinos, that's, it, it's more than the, um, just having like a food on their plate. It's more of like, you know, a communal thing, making sure that they contribute to society, considering that, I guess, uh, in a Western sense, Filipinos are more like, um, care more about the collective. Uh, so for them, it's more about con contributing to the community, making sure that I guess they're, it's proving their self-worth to, to, you know, to those around them. And for them, like through, uh, through uh, you know, generations from you know, pre-Spaniard, uh, pre pre-colonial times up till now, Filipinos dedicate their time, their efforts, you know, cultivating their own land because it proves their self-worth, especially our farmers today. Um, I can go on a tangent with, with, you know, the issues with agriculture and, you know, uh, treatment of our farmers in the motherland, but for them in general, like, you know, it's their symbol of hard work that they're doing something good, not just for their families, not just for themselves, but also for, you know, those uh, for their communities and um, uh, I guess for overall for the for the whole country. Um, one thing that stood out to me in that portion was this idea of duty. And I think that land inheritance or even the act of inheriting, especially um, land from ancestors or from your parents or your aunties or uncles, um, is a duty. So can you maybe expand on um, the importance or the significance of what it means for the next generation of Filipino, it could be yourself or even myself, to take on that duty? Right. Uh, that's actually a really great question because um, land inheritance is like, you know, passing on I, I know we're talking about the physical, you know, land here, but it's more of passing on the responsibility and also passing on, the, I guess, the appreciation of uh, the hard work and the dedication of those who have come before us to, you know, to our generation and to the future and to future generations as well. And that's why land inheritance is very valuable and very um, hot topic in Filipino, um, I guess, culture because it's more than the piece of land. Uh, whenever you hear people, uh, Filipinos talk about land, it's always, oh, and if I may, I'll speak in Filipino quite a bit, like, and for 
so whenever they hear like you know whenever you hear that it's it, they don't mean just like the piece of land but uh, when older generations talk about that they 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 meant more about you know the sweat and blood and tears that you know those past generations poured into that so in terms of land land inheritance i know we tend to like you know go to the conversation like oh how much am i getting like how big is this land what's the value of this land but uh for a lot of folks it's more about um the dedication like your hard work that has been passed on from generation to generation and the responsibility now to my generation to our generation and to you know future ones is that are we going to continue this or are we going to take a different route on what it really means you know what land inheritance means for us. Yeah, totally. And just to translate what you just said um, for our listeners, DJ touched on this topic of your grandparents and your own parents, you know, worked this land and made it fertile and lived off of this land. So future generations could also, you know, reap what they sow essentially was what that uh, expression meant. What conversations surrounding land inheritance for our generation are occurring? Right. Um, I guess I'm going to use the uh, like the lens of like the urban rural divide in the Philippines, like uh, with, you know, with, I guess, employment being centered in urban centers, especially in Manila, Cebu and Davao, you know, younger people like us, uh, you know, it's like trending, you know, moving to these urban centers, leaving those rural areas, those farmlands that um, our older generations, past generations has cultivated. So that exacerbates, I guess, the identity problem of land inheritance, because when, when there could be examples like today, it, 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 to be honest with you, it doesn't really matter if uh, you're a, if you're a younger Filipino like us, born here or in the Philippines. Like, uh, there's this disconnect now in terms of like the identity, like the connection, the emotional connection with the land, because we tend towards you know working towards the urban areas because that's where the job is, and especially in the Philippines, being with farmers, as I mentioned earlier, being treated poorly, wages are uh, subpar even compared to those uh, other countries in the global south um working conditions are just um I, to be honest with you i can't even imagine working in a farm in the philippines like the uh, climate change is not even helping it's just making it worse um so obviously <clears throat> uh younger generations are feeling less obliged to work those farmlands and when they see like, oh, I can just work in an office job, for example, in Metro Manila, or you know what, um, since I cannot earn that much money here, you know, cultivating the farm, making it fertile every year, only to be flooded every, you know, rainy season, I'll just work abroad. <clears throat> so that's one thing too. And with less government support, um, pe like Filipinos in general, a large portion of the population are less inclined to even support agriculture or, you know, take even a look at it because the government there's like no government minimal government support and uh so i guess for our generation going back to that main question the, there's this there's an identity crisis obviously there's an appreciation but at the same time it's the emotional connection to it and uh one thing i can 
probably uh, say with uh, with almost absolute certainty is like we're gonna care more about land in terms of like not because of its you know I guess cultural emotional importance but because of its financial value and um, that would be a part I guess of the conversation difficult conversations for some families I guess on how they can move forward especially with land land inheritance and what they what land means for them. So in our pre-interview, um, I asked you how comfortable you were in talking about your specific familial experiences with land inheritance. And you asked me not to ask you questions about your family experiences specifically. I wanted to ask you, why was this the case? Why was this the case? <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, either way, just put me on the hot seat. But no, that's all right. This is actually a fun question. I actually like this question. Uh, why don't I want to answer it? First of all, I um, even though I have, I guess, more in-depth knowledge of land inheritance, sure. But I guess in terms of like my family, especially me, I guess on my mother's side, I I'm I'm I I. I'm not comfortable with speaking with, uh, like, telling stories with, with, I would, if I'm not 100% sure with the facts. I'm a fact-based person, so I just don't want to hear like word of mouth. I just want to confirm it from more sources, like from more people, that the stories I'm actually hearing is actually true, right? Because as you mentioned before, word of mouth is, I guess, I guess we both know that it's really powerful, especially in Filipino culture. Um, also, I don't want to speak of it because I guess, and this is one of the personal questions, uh, uh, personal answers, I'll let it out there, is because I I try to distance myself from that conversation because I, I guess, con connecting to my previous answer is like the interest. It's not there, at least not yet, not there yet. <clears throat> Let's put it that way. And also out of respect, obviously for my mom and for all of her siblings, I will not try to, I guess, secondary, make some secondary interpretations of their, what they think, of what they know, of what they feel, especially in this um, area. Uh, so that's what I don't want to specifically answer those kind of questions. And besides, I don't want to get in trouble in terms, like, you know, in the next family dinner. So there you go. <laughs> My second guest is Michael Golveo. Michael immigrated to Canada when he was 10 years old, and he has a different take on the topic. Michael has been involved in more conversations about the process of inheriting. In fact, prior to recording this episode, he called his dad to ask him permission if it was okay to talk about his own experiences with land inheritance. I asked Michael to share his thoughts with What's the Chismis. So you mentioned... Um this conversation with your dad uh, opening up recently about um, the idea of you inheriting this land. 
And I also have had, you know, conversations with my own parents about this idea of inheriting land and the responsibility that comes with it. And I think everyone has different um, expectations of what it means to own land. They have different comfortabilities with um, inheriting land. I am definitely someone who does not feel equipped to take ownership of, the, of my parents' land. Um, the idea of caretaking um, ancestral lands is very daunting to me. Um, and I haven't necessarily spoken to my parents about my own feelings out of either, you know, fear that they may not understand where I'm coming from or just out of fear for myself, like not wanting to disappoint my parents, you know, the idea of like, what if I said no? What would that, uh, what would that do to them? What would that do to their plans? Um, because I don't think my parents want to sell our land. I think for them, there is still that, you know, very important connection to the past, to their parents, the love that is associated with that land and the hardship that it took to keep that land. Um, so if you could give us any insights, if you're comfortable uh, with those conversations that you've maybe had with your dad or, or anyone else that uh, you have confided in. Right. So with me, um, I it didn't start off with my dad automatically talking about the land in the Philippines. I was mostly asking them about my grandparents' lives back in the day, what they were like during the war, uh, what was um, their business like, um, to what extent was the uh, power or the um, the wealth of my my grandparents was before, and like how did my grandparents meet, and like you know what was his childhood like? It was just a story of like his growing up and his childhood homes and like his relationship with his parents and his siblings. But eventually it got to the point where he said, well, um, we're gonna have to go back to the Philippines and grab uh, the title eventually from a relative who I entrusted to uh, safekeeping at a bank there. And so we went to the Philippines, we grabbed the, uh, the, the land titles and everything. And he basically mentioned that like, so these are the land that your grandmother uh, gave to me or entrusted me to take care of, or uh, you know, inherit. Um, look at it carefully one day because these are our section of our land. One day you might be able, you might be the one to uh, take care of this. And so I was, you know, a bit like, oh my goodness, <laughs> you know, it's uh, like there's that heaviness, you know, that comes with like this responsibility of being the next generation to take care of uh, such important significance to the family. And uh, there's that expectation, or like that disappointment as well, as you mentioned that what happens if I say no, like, what would that, you know, what would that mean? And like, what would happen? How would my father react to such a thing? But I think my dad is, you know, he's been, he's selective, selective not in a way that like he shows favoritism with his child he's just observing who is the one that is interested in regarding the past like who is interested to learn about my grandparents his younger child and what um you know what it means to 
this land. I have an older brother, uh, but uh, which, you know, in, in some inheritance laws, in some cultures, it would usually go to the eldest child. But uh, for my father, he's a bit more selective. And I asked him, well, how come Kuya didn't, you know, is not getting the land in the Philippines, which, you know, would ex be expected. And he said, well, no, your, your brother has already set his life in, here in Canada. It's mostly you who, who is really interested in that. Uh, and and the, the land, your grandparents, if I give it to your brother, he might sell it off or he might not have any interest in the uh, keeping it. So I think there's that trust as well and who is, uh, um, who is interested in taking on the mantle. Mm -hmm, definitely. And I, I think that um, a lot of families, um, and this may be just like a huge generalization, but I think a lot of families and, and parents in particular look for that person that can take over like the caretaker position for land. Um, yeah, like in, in my family, um, I don't think people um, see me as the rightful person inheriting land like obviously um in the philippines it's the eldest child that normally takes uh the inheritance and and takes care of it for for the next generation to inherit but because i um don't know the histories because i don't know the ins and outs culturally or practically of um what farming land means what um the familial dynamics of who lives on the land um, and who is, I guess, the primary organizer and administrative person of that land. I feel like a little bit of a stranger going into my own family in the Philippines and saying, you know, I'm, I'm the boss now. <laughs> um, and I don't want to be that person necessarily. Like I would feel much more comfortable if one of my cousins in the Philippines took ownership. And so I understand um, where you're coming from when uh, you and your dad have these conversations of who can be trusted to not only like manage the land and the resources well, but be the person to transfer knowledge and stories because that's also tied to the land. And I don't have those stories. I haven't asked for them, but I, I also didn't grow up in the Philippines. And I think that's okay too. Um, so my next question, and you mentioned it a little bit, is what if you did sell the land? What if I did sell the land? I think it would be a disappointed, not a disappointed, um, a sense of disappointed to my parents, my grandparents, and for myself, really, because um, here I am supposed to take care of this inherited land that not only my father entrusted me, but my, you know, my grandparents entrusted my father, and sell it off. It's not something as easy as just you know being here in North America. Oh, I'm done with my bungalow. I'm gonna go sell it. No, it's there's not a lot of you know, in the Philippines, it's it's a little bit more, or for my take, it's a little bit more heavier than that. It's more significant. And having to sell it off, it's a big blow to me. It, I would see myself as a failure. You know, I would see it as like, oh, well, I've, I've completely broken the trust between my ancestors, my dad and, and I. 
like how I don't think I would be able to recover from such a loss because it's not something that like as easy as just I'm gonna sell off my you know my clothes or my you know this is something that my grandparents entrusted or worked so hard to build you know would there ever be a circumstance that selling it would be okay if one has to sell the land it would be have it would have to be within the family i wouldn't sell it to a stranger or someone else or the whoever is the highest bidder outside of the family i wouldn't do that i would keep it within the family um, there would be some criteria to who is in the family would be able to be or who is eligible to uh, purchase it or you know um, it is the Golveo compound I wouldn't sell it to an in-law who eventually passes it on to their last name that's not uh, that's not a possibility for me it would be someone within the family yeah if you want to inherit it you might have to change your last name to uh, to uh, buy it if you're not a Filipino, uh, if you're not a Gulbeo. <laughs> but uh, that's a different topic, but there is going to be an eligibility if there is a need to sell the land. Yeah, totally. And I think it's the same for my family too, both my mom and father's side. It's this idea of yeah, passing it on and making sure that it remains within the family. Um, in, in my family, land is not seen as like an economic thing necessarily. Like, yes, you, you are able to farm off of it. You harvest like whatever you plant and are able to uh, reap the rewards, right? Totally. A lot of my relatives have been able to go to school because of that. A lot of my like aunties have been able to live independently because of that. There's a lot of privilege that comes with having land ownership. Um, and so I, my idea of selling it um, aligns with yours. Like there would be a lot of disappointment. There would be a lot of questioning as to like why you did this and why did you sell it outside of the family? Um, and there's a bit more scrutiny on us too because we're in North America. If we if we were to sell it, it's like it's sending a message that we were so detached from our background or from our ancestors that it was easily it's an easy decision to just sell it off because we're so far away from the land that we were supposed to take care of. There's that scrutiny amongst the family members or other people too. We. We live in North America, who in the Philippines might say, oh, they're, they're, they're wealthy, you know, they're, they have a good standard of living. How come they don't take care of the land? Or like, why was it easy for them to just sell it off instead of taking care of it? And I wouldn't want that. Plus, going back to the story of like, going back to the idea of selling off the land, my dad would tell stories of his siblings and what they did to their inheritance, like their, their, um, their uh, inheritance and uh, he told me one of his brother who sold off acres of, uh, of um, fertile lands just to pay off his bad decisions and you know I wouldn't want to be that person to just sell off the land because I made a terrible decisions in my life it's something that uh, 
you know, it's non-negotiable for me to just, I wouldn't want to be a disappointment. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, there's definitely, um, from my experience, I guess, um, a level of shaming too, that um, like you know of the tita or the tito who like had um, debts to pay off and they sold land to do that, which is, you know, a very hard thing to do, very personal thing to do. And um, it's just the situation that people sometimes find themselves in. Or in the case of my family, um, my grandparents had to sell some of their land so their kids could go to school. And that wasn't like an easy decision either, because I think they also had to face this reality of this land is attached to like my parents. I'm going to have to sell it to provide for my children. Um, that's hard. And I think my mom still carries a lot of that burden. Like she, she went to university uh, because my grandparents sold land for their children to be able to pursue higher education and, and go abroad. And one of her goals after graduating and going abroad was to buy back this land. Um, and I always found that to be very interesting. Um, and I think it goes back to me not necessarily understanding the full importance of land ownership in the Philippines. But I always wondered, like, you were already abroad. Like, you could have not taken on this responsibility to buy back land and to keep it within the family. Um, so why did you? Um, but I think your answers to my questions are starting to clarify some of these questions for me. Um, which brings me to like another question. Do you think it's fair that overseas workers abroad have to take on the responsibility to financially contribute to keeping the land and the family? I wouldn't say it's, I think it's just um, a trust between their parents and themselves. If they were, well, I couldn't answer that question, but for my parents, for my dad, really, he, when I was asking him for his consent uh, the other day, he mentioned that like, you can do whatever it is what you want with the land. If you want to sell it, go for it. But uh, you know, there's going to be like repercussions if you do, it's up to you as long as you have it, it's really up to your decisions whether to continue on that thing. Like for, he says that, you know, like he says that as like, it's okay if you sell it, but like, you know, but for me, it's like, no, that's not, you know, I'm from abroad. It's like, you know, it's, I'm so far away from the land. Like uh, it's for my dad, he says, well, you know, if, if you want to sell it, go for it. If you need it to sell it, you know, but for me, it's like, no, 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 no. It's not as easy as just selling off something from a distant. Uh, I don't see it as a burden. Like I don't see it for me inheriting that land as a burden. It's more of a, an honor, really, because out of all the descendants of my grandparents, like I have more than 50 first cousins, like I was, you know, chosen as the person who will be managing the next, the uh, ancestral seat of the house. You know, that's not something that you could just easily like brush off as like, oh, well, you know, th there is going to be a burden of financially like paying off the taxes and so forth. But that's just 
a small thing in comparison to the legacy of the girl, your grandparents, my grandparents, yeah. Like it's just a small sacrifice to pay off and to manage because if you sell it off, then you have no more attachment to your grandparents if you didn't have the other, um, you know, the other material things or, you know, if I sell off the land, I wouldn't have, I would have nothing for my from my grandparents. There's no collections or memory. Well, all that is left is the memories, but you can't pass off the memories from one generation to another. It'll lose by the time it's the third generation, it's gone. So having this land passing from one generation to another, it's just kind of a, you know, it's, it's a, there's a continuity to it. What's Chismes is a production of CJSR 88.5 FM in Edmonton on Treaty 6 territory. Today's episode was produced by me, Mika Leonida. A huge thank you goes out to DJ Lipugin and Michael Golveo for sharing their stories and experiences with us. You can find all our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, and on our website, whatsthecheesemies.transistor.fm. Follow us on Instagram at whatsthecheesemies and on Facebook at whatsthecheesemeescjsr. You can also send us an email at chismiscjsr.com. That's chismis, T-S-I-S-M-I-S. Salamat!